You're listening to the Swim Out podcast with Vicky and Hunter. Hello, Vicky. Hello, Hunter. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to episode two of Swim Out, our fabulous podcast about the wonderful world of outdoor swimming, where our theme today is stepping back into the water. Coming up, we're talking to a double world champion. We'll be hearing from an adventure swimmer. I wonder if I could swim under a big slab of ice under the big iceberg and brushing up on some technique with our in-house expert dan when the toes back not downwards keep the kick small keep it hidden behind the body think about your streamline keep the head still and we'll be hearing some of your experiences about getting back into the brine my body was absolutely craving being submerged in the waters And what a month it's been for the Swim Out production team since our launch last month. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in and helped out. Our website, Facebook and Instagram are now officially up and running and that's where we'll be posting content, promos and keeping you guys up to date. So make sure you've liked and subscribed. And while we've been keeping busy with the podcast, it's also been a very busy month at swimming spots around the country. After weeks of intense lockdown, travel restrictions have begun easing. Combine that with hot weather and many people have travelled in droves to reach rivers, lakes and seas. Great that we're all stepping back into the water. So, Hunter, where have you been? I have been swimming mostly in the Thames and it's been cold, it's been quite murky. Um, A few people have just asked me what the hell I'm doing. But yeah, it's just unbelievably nice to be back in there. How about you? Yeah, well, I've only been to organised places, but um, all respect to the London Royal Docks for getting getting open first. And I love the docks because it's super cold. It's a big body of water. You get a little bit buffeted around a bit like the sea. But uh, West Reservoir is really close to where I live. And that has now opened. And I can't tell you the joy at being able to walk around the corner and swim in my reservoir. So, to kick us off, the Olympian Kerri-Anne Payne caught up with us from our home in London this week. She's proven herself as an incredibly versatile swimmer, representing GEB in the relay, mid-distance freestyle, and the individual medley. But her crowning achievements came in the most gruelling of all swim events, the 10k open water marathon. Altogether, Kerri-Anne is a double world champion of the 10k, European champion, Commonwealth medalist, and has competed in three consecutive Olympics. Since retiring from competition in 2017, she balances her time between being a mum and a TV presenter, all while running two swimming companies. I think what impresses me most, though, is just her insatiable desire to share the flame and bring people into the open water. So on this note, I imagine lockdown has been particularly difficult for you. Uh, Actually, lockdown's not been too bad. Uh, A couple of different reasons for me. The first one is... I got to spend so much more time with my daughter, and so she would have been sort of 18, 19 months going into the lockdown, um, and that age where she's learning so much every single day. Um, and then for me, business-wise, I run uh, an open water coaching qualification, a level two qualification, and I, I absolutely love it because it means I get to share my passion with everyone, which essentially for me, it's about empowering the world to swim outdoors. That's what I'm all about. Um, and I've had the opportunity to do that with, this, with the coaching qualification because the more people I can reach through the qualification means the more swimmers that we can get swimming um, in the outdoors safely. Actually, I've had such an upsurge in people wanting to do the course. It's, it's just been crazy. 
What are the risks for novice or experienced swimmers stepping back into the water or possibly even for the first time at the moment? There are some real risks around ice sports swimming. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, it's a pretty dangerous sport to start with. Um, but there are some safe things that you can do. Um, at the moment in the UK, if the, and I'm sure this is worldwide as well, but in the UK, if water is 15 degrees or lower, it's classed as cold water. And quite a lot of people um, have swum in the swimming pool before, so swimming pools are anywhere from sort of 28 to 30 degrees, and then all of a sudden you're jumping into water at 15 degrees or less, um, it's going to have a massive impact on you, especially if you're not used to it or you're not expecting it. Um, and that's something called cold water shock, where you have a sudden intake of breath, you might have a couple of moments of panic. Um, and it's the first thing with that really is to know that that might be something that might happen to you. So what you're trying to aim to do in that scenario is just to make sure that you can, you know, you really breathe in, fill your lungs with air, really bring your breathing back down to normal again. And once your breathing feels normal, then you carry on swimming. Um, I guess the only other thing that's a bit of a worry or a concern for me at the moment with people jumping straight from the pool into open water without a coach is that it is very different. There are no sides for you to hold on to. There is no bottom to have a rest. You always want to get out wanting more. So, you know, if you're doing a swim and you've, you know, you've maybe done one lap or two laps and you feel, actually, I could do one more, I'd say that's a good time to get out. There's lots more to consider as well. There's sighting, um, there's swimming with other people if you're not used to that kind of stuff. It all has not just a physical um, impact on someone, but also an emotional impact because if you're not used to someone touching your toes, you're definitely going to have to get used to that in the open water or someone swimming into you accidentally. So, Lots of things to consider. So just take it steady, especially if you've not been in the water for a couple of months. And with lockdown easing a little bit um, in the last month, have you managed to get back in for any swims? I haven't actually had any chance to go in uh, into the open water yet with um, with a 21 month old, and both my husband and I are both trying to try and get some sort of exercise in. Swimming uh, is definitely a luxury. Uh, certainly, open water swimming at the moment is a real luxury for either one of us um, to do. So we've just been doing sort of 30 minute hit workouts in the garden. Um, kind of getting the fix of exercise in, but then spending as much time as we can with our daughter. So just winding back a little bit now, um, I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about your what your first memories of being in the water were. We used to do pool competitions and then we would do open water competitions because I was born and brought up in South Africa. So the weather was a little bit, um, it lent, lent itself a little more to, uh, to that sort of lifestyle. Um, and I just remember loving it. I didn't really care what water it was. I just loved being in the water. Um, and I had such a great coach in South Africa, a link called Di Williamson, who really helped me understand and find the love of um, just swimming in general, being in the water. I loved it. And she really helped me understand how to love it. Um, and I think that might be something that some people are, are missing out on. Um, certainly a feeling I felt in the UK uh, is that, you know, the swimming teaching can sometimes be a little bit about just getting through the badges rather than really finding the love and helping kids understand the love of the water. Um but that's what, something I was very lucky to have, and that's one of the biggest lasting memories I will always have, is just, just it's so excited to go to the pool and get in the water. Besides obviously being double world champion and an Olympian, is there anything you still want to achieve in the realm of swimming? Very good question. Um, I've started doing a lot more dipping, as it's called, um, which is just cold water swimming, essentially, so dipping into the, to the water. When I say cold water swimming, I mean like four or five degrees cold water swimming. Um, and the reason we've where I started doing that is because completely honest, it doesn't involve a huge amount of yardage. <laughs> it's like in the water for about four and a half minutes and then out of the water again. Um, but 
I do, you do feel absolutely amazing um, when you do that. I think I definitely need a bit of time away from training. Um, I know it's been four years since the Rio Olympic Games, but I don't feel it's quite long enough. <laughs> so I've been away from doing sort of 70k every single week up and down the pool. Um, but when I do get back to it, I think I definitely would like to do one of the long swims, one of the the big marathon swims that are out there, like um, I don't know the Channel or something around Jersey, or doing one of those really big swims. Um, would be quite exciting, I think. Um, but that is a very, 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 very long way off. That's <laughs> not something I'm going to be doing anytime soon. And just where is your favourite place to actually swim? Well, my favourite place in the UK, one of my favourite places anyway in the UK, is, um, is Loch Lomond. It is just absolutely incredible. I absolutely love it. It's a really wonderful place to swim. It's one of the only lochs I've swum in, so I'm sure the other ones are just as beautiful. Um, but I really, really love swimming in Loch Lomond. It's literally like swimming through bottled water. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I just absolutely love it. How do you see open water changing and developing in years to come? And in what ways maybe do you think it needs to change? Um, I would love to see a bit more collaboration throughout the world of open water swimming. I think there's lots of different um, parts of the industry that are doing things kind of to themselves. Um, but one of the things I'm really excited about my community of coaches I've qualified so far and will be continuing to qualify is that we're all sharing, constantly sharing ideas, sharing thoughts, sharing um, you know problems someone might have had or uh, solutions that someone might have come across or venues or swimmers themselves. You know, it's going to be live in this area because I've got a swimmer that's moving. Um, and that collaboration is just, it creates such a nice environment. It's certainly within the coaching, but a nice environment for the swimmers as well. And I'd love to see a bit more of that from event organizers through to the kit brands, through to um, any of the other stakeholders really that are in the world of open water swimming. And I think that's something we're kind of missing at the moment is everyone's kind of doing all their own things, um, which I, I totally get and understand. But it'd be nice if there was a little bit more collaboration and you know, opportunities to work together with other people because it's, open water swimming is a real community. Um, and I just feel that the industry doesn't have much of that, but the actual swimmers themselves is such a great community and such a great feeling. So if we could be a bit more like the swimmers, um, I think that you know we'd definitely be taking much bigger leaps forward in terms of open water swimming. Enthusiasm, boundless energy and an amazing swimmer. Kerry-Anne is super busy with loads of great courses and workshops. Head over to straightlineswimming.com or grab the links from our Swim Out podcast Facebook and Instagram account. If you do have local access to water and you are managing to swim at a safe distance, here's Dan, our swimming coach from Swim for Try, with a few tips for those like me who are feeling a bit rusty. We've been back at our lake for two sessions now in Essex. Uh, we finally got it reopened last Saturday. Been lots of new smiling faces, enjoying open water for the first time. Many of our regulars are back, having not swum since February and March. And the feedback we've been getting has been positive. Most, while tired and, and unfit, suggest it was not as bad as they were imagining. Yep, you're going to feel clumsy, mechanical, out of sorts. The stroke's going to feel not so great. It's unavoidable. But I doubt it'll be as bad as you're imagining. You know, take some positives. We've got a great opportunity to be outdoors, swimming. Um, start easy, nice and slow build up. Take this opportunity to work on your technique. Try to point the toes back, not downwards. Keep the kick small, keep it hidden behind the body. Think about your streamline. Keep the head still. 
and less breathing or, or lifting to sight. Keep the palms pushing water back towards the feet by keeping the fingertips pointing down towards the bottom when pulling rather than the palm pointing down to the bottom, which will bounce you upwards. And, you know, th those are a good few key pointers that, that most coaches would agree on. There's lots of other things we will all argue about and we think we know best, but you know, those are some basics and they, you know, they will serve you well. Make sure you're comfortable in your wetsuit if you are wearing one. You know, we've had temperatures in the low 20s, so quite pleasant with or without. It's completely up to your swimmers what you want to do. If you are wearing one, we've got some really good useful fitting guides and tips on making them fit better on our website. That's www.swimfortry.co.uk. Just look at our May blog and you will find some video links there and some really useful stuff. If you've not worn it since last uh, season, then there are some real useful little tips to make them uh, a whole lot more comfortable. Maybe don't stress about time, distance or speed. Just enjoy the first swim back, first few swims after so long cooped up. Enjoy something that you have been completely deprived of. I hope the peace and tranquility of being uh, out in nature make up for that lack of clarity the uh, the cooler temperatures compared to the pool please go out and give open water a go you will not regret it the water the, the quality of it at the moment is really good we've come out of a few months of you know some good weather the algae hasn't sort of built up yet we've got some really clear conditions the temperature's lovely it could not be better at the moment you're listening to swim out with Vicky and Hunter. For more fabulous content, find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Swim Out Podcast. The announcement that you could swim in the open water in England from the middle of May has brought problems for many swimming spots. Durdle Door in Dorset, where people were injured by jumping off the door, being just one of many places that seem to have been overrun by people, traffic and rubbish. The Outdoor Swimming Society was set up 15 years ago by Kate Rue and has grown from a small website to a massive trailblazer with 100,000 members. According to Sport England, 7.5 million people swam outside last year. The sport is transforming and the OSS is part of this growth. But is the explosion of interest in wild swimming making the sport a lot less wild? Joining us today down the line from Scotland is one of the Outdoor Swimming Society's ambassadors, Callum McLean, a filmmaker, blogger, true ice-breaking wild swimmer and Gaelic speaker. Feskamar, Callum. Feskamar, Vicky. How did you first get involved with the Outdoor Swimming Society? So it was through sharing photos and videos online that I, I started to grow a bit of a social media profile, I guess, and um, I've always loved what the Outdoor Swimming Society did. And I think it was, you know, through their Facebook page and through, you know, reading their website early on, it just seemed like a natural thing to have that kind of link up and, yeah, um, become an ambassador effectively for them because it's something that I love to do anyway. So it's not really uh, changed much in a way for me because it's it's what I like to do, you know, share and promote and encourage people to get into outdoor swimming of all kinds. And do you get to do anything special as an ambassador? I've uh, been to a few different uh, OSS events, which has been great. I went down to the 
uh, hurley burley swim a couple of years ago in wales which was absolutely brilliant you're swimming upstream and it's the fastest maybe i've ever swum uh, going on kind of twice as fast as you usually would without even trying it's brilliant what do you think has driven the explosion in interest in outdoor swimming yeah it's interesting it's interesting i think it's around about two different things i think one thing is people who do it love it and will evangelize about it you know and encourage other people to do it and tell other people how good it is that then causes other people to come in and try it and then not everyone's going to love it of course but that makes it grow in that way and I think as well as that we've seen a lot of anecdotal evidence but also science-based evidence in the last few years of the the benefits of it you know on a obviously on a physical level but more on a a mental level and for the for the brain for the mind for the soul we see much more coverage in newspapers and films about that and I think it's a combination of those two things um, that have helped it really Yes, the last four or five years really definitely grow. So this month, the Outdoor Swimming Society have actually taken down their map of swimming spots. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about why this was done? Wildswim.com is the website which uh, lists, has an interactive map, which is really good and it's crowdsourced so people can add uh, bits and pieces to it. Some locations have lots of information, some don't. Once lockdown got eased, there was a huge surge and some places uh, really suffered a bit more with effectively too many people going to the same place. And so I think people will have gone to kind of honeypot places and it caused some issues with, you know, uh, littering, uh, potentially access issues with some places and, you know, too many cars. If there's a car park somewhere small, which is nice to swim, too many people going at the same time. So just as an answer to that, the OSS we decided to take the website down for the time being, you know, to hopefully ease a bit of the pressure on those honeypot places. Um, and the um, Outdoor Swimming Society have also posted a sort of lockdown guide for swimmers, um, which looks really good to me. Could you tell us a bit more about that guide? Yeah, so it's really thinking about where you're going, what you're doing, um, you know, staying local if you, if possible. So visiting places nearby, swimming or cycling, um, as part of your swim, going and litter picking. You know, p- picking up rubbish, anything there. You know, take a pair of gloves with you. Thinking about when you're swimming as well, if you can consider swimming earlier, or later in the day to avoid crowds in that way. And if it's if it is crowded, you know, be prepared to go home. And well, obviously following social distancing. Um, but also because people like to share about outdoor swimming and because social media I think has partly been to behind the growth of outdoor swimming ideally not maybe tagging your locations right now not sharing I know myself if people see an amazing photo on the internet they're like wow I want to go there I want to plunge into that water I want to go and see that place so it's all about easing that pressure respecting local environment and local people as well um, for the time yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm definitely not telling people where I'm swimming at the moment, although I'm only swimming in um, organised places, being London-based. What do you think there might might be the lasting impact of coronavirus on outdoor swimming? I think places that are open for swims, you know, places that are, you know, regulated swim venues, for example, I think it might be of benefit to them. Overseas holidays are going to be cut back more and more. People will be looking for interesting things to do here in the UK. Absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of the spots around London are, um, the organised ones are really, really busy. You know, you have to 
get up early on a Sunday morning to book your slot and stuff like that. So I think that could be really good for the companies and therefore keep open water swimming very buoyant. Yeah, one thing I think will be interesting to see what happens is because swim groups or you know not not formal organizations or formal clubs but people who meet together to go swimming on a saturday morning sunday morning because they still can't do that in the same way maybe they maybe used to um i hope that doesn't have a negative effect because i know that community aspect of a group of swimmers a pod of swimmers is what brings a lot of people to it and keeps them kind of hooked in that after that initial stage of it oh it's really cold so um i would hope that that is something you know, social distancing won't damage that too badly. So it's been said that you're not one to resist a dare. And Hunter, my co-presenter, actually swam the channel down to a dare. What was your favourite dare? Um, my favourite dare? The challenges I take on are almost like a dare I set myself. Possibly going up and swimming in the highest lock in Scotland when there was big lumps of ice on the top. I think that was one because I'd seen a photo of it. My friend had been up about a week before and I think she'd gone for a swim where the ice had melted. And I said, that looks great, but I wonder if I could swim under a big slab of ice, under a big iceberg. So it wasn't a dare anyone has said, could you go and do it? I said to myself, could I go and do it? And um, I did it, went out and did it very safely. And um, just the, the sheer exhilaration of seeing a challenge yourself and then going, working out how to do it and then actually doing it. That's one of the things that really hooks me about outdoor swimming. You know, I'll see an island. Can I swim to that island? Um, can I swim across that river? Work out how to do it. Go and do it. And uh, the buzz afterwards. Yeah, I think that could have been it. So your your videos really are a lot of fun. Um, and I found that I was even watching them in, in Gaelic. Um, which is amazing because I couldn't really understand what was going on. Uh, but which was the most fun for you to make? I really enjoyed the ice swimming up in up in Loch Corrie in Loch Ain in Scotland, um, just because of the the colour of the water is incredibly blue. It was incredibly cold, which I do like in short periods, and uh, the exhilaration of it. I also have done a series on BBC Alipa, the Gaelic Channel here. Um, of Ganushka, three different series, so the programme's all fully in Gaelic. My favourite one of that would be a swim called the Falls of Laura, which is a waterfall, but it's it's like a sideways waterfall, a tidal waterfall here in Scotland, and um, it can be potentially very dangerous, but luckily it it was okay for me, and I did it with a good safety boat and everything. But when I say swimming, um, that's a very strong term. You're floating wildly in this water, and uh, it's, it's a bit of like a roller coaster. The water picks you up and kind of puts you down and spins you around. And um, what you don't want to do is get sucked under the water, but you're you're staying at the surface with a wetsuit, you're fine. But um, that was incredibly, incredibly good fun, just because you were going for a ride, effectively. A roller coaster in the water, which I really enjoyed. On your Instagram account, I noticed that you've got a new hobby of cleaning your stream. Um, so what's the... F- you found lots of different items haven't you a spade and all sorts of stuff down there so what's what's your favorite item that you found yeah it's a local stream just near my house and um i used to always walk my dog nearby and i was looking at it occasionally and wonder how clean it is and so i went in a couple of weeks ago i've gone back about four or five times now i found a spade which or a shovel as someone told me and said i call a spade a spade but that's a shovel and that could come in quite handy. It's in quite a decent nick. I found um, a few footballs and I found part of a car exhaust, which was 
bit annoying to you know because someone's obviously taken it off a car and just chucked it in. So I have to take that movie down to the dump, and I found a huge spring. I'm not going to ask you to tell us where your favourite swim spots are, but what swim spots are you looking forward to when things do return to the new normal? The beaches of the Outer Hebrides are really where I'd love to spend you know a good good while later this year, and I've got some friends out there, and ideally go out and do. You can, if you plan it right and you look at the tides, there are some islands you can swim out to um, that are un- uninhabited islands and, you know, camp on them. And they've got amazing beaches and lagoons. Uh, it's not warm, but uh, it's just a- an incredible place to be in the sense of freedom you get out there, which is what I've been really missing, that sense of freedom and sense of being able to do what I want is really what I'm looking forward to later this year, hopefully, hopefully. But interestingly, what you're saying is that you're breaking out of isolation into isolation. <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, effectively, what I'd be planning on doing is, is socially distancing from many other people. But I'm just sticking to sticking to the guidelines. And it's particularly for the islands. They're not quite ready to welcome tourists back yet. Um, just for their populations and um, the, kind of the demographics over there as well. So once the islanders are happy for us to go back to the islands, then... Yeah, it won't be too long before I'm out there with my wetsuit, with my bag, with my goggles and swimming every place I can. Likewise, I too have been dreaming of a great escape to the Outer Hebrides. Just before we go, we've been talking to listeners in a few different places around the world about their experiences of getting back into the water including Barry, who was a little nervous while making his return. This is Barry Murphy here from Dublin in Ireland. Great to hear from you. The period in lockdown was probably the longest period I was out of the water in over 20 years. So when restrictions were lifted uh, to five kilometres, the first thing I did was plan my return to the water as I lived close enough to be able to do that. Pre-swim, I was a little nervous uh, and how I'd feel in the water. You know, would my arms still work, my shoulders still work? And, and it was still 10 and a half degrees, so still a bit of a bite. Um, and I'm sure when I jumped in, I felt it. But within a few minutes, uh, I was so happy to be back. I felt great. I was swimming with my mates. Hello, my name is Monica Bender. I am currently in Okinawa, Japan. My first post-lockdown swim was along the seawall here. And it was gorgeous. There was vibrant fish. There was pretty coral down there. There was little snakes swimming up. But everything was gorgeous and it was just great to get back out on the water and I hope everybody is getting the same opportunities that I am. Hi, this is Alex Zinoviev on the Isle of Raze in the Inner Hebrides. We've been swimming in the sea just around the corner from the Inner Sound, which is the deepest part of water in the British Isles, imagining each time what must be down there beneath us. Uh, The temperature in the sea is about 9 to 10 but the jellyfish have just arrived. We're also swimming in the locks on the island, and the challenge we've set ourselves is to swim every single one of them. Hi, my name is Anil, and I live in Vancouver. So my body was absolutely craving being submerged in the water. So even though we couldn't really swim, we were just dipping in the ocean. We don't swim just for the exercise or because we have to, because it's part of triathlon. We absolutely love the water, and we feel that the water... Uh, especially the ocean, has healing properties. Hi, I'm Frederick. I'm from Stockholm, Sweden. 
and uh, we didn't have as strict of a lockdown as the UK so I've kept on swimming in the pool and since about four weeks ago we started in the local lake one cloud in the sky stunning sunshine and um, very nice flat waters also coach brought coffee and pastries for after swim practice super nice Next month on Swim Out, we're tackling the theme of obsession. We're speaking to the first person to attempt swimming across the treacherous Pentland Firth in Scotland, otherwise known as Hell's Mouth, as well as swimmers breaking the boundaries of endurance, all in the name of obsession. We're off for a swim now, so until next month... From Hunter and Vicky, swim safely and swim out. <laughs>